Hello and welcome. It is Friday, so time for another episode of The Change and Evolve Letter. Thank you for joining me and thank you for your time. And we are today in episode three about narcissism. And today I am going to tell you a bit more about the covert or vulnerable narcissist. But before I start, um, just a few words, because I realize that this, this series is it's polarizing quite a bit and appears to have hit a nerve. And yet there is something I really want to clarify, and I believe it cannot be said often enough, and even if I mention it in the first episode already, and that is that we really all have narcissistic tendencies, and we need these, as they're usually good and healthy, and more so important for survival. What I'm bothered with is that the word narcissism gets tossed around a lot in our selfie-obsessed, celebrity-driven culture, often just to describe someone who seems excessively vain or just hopelessly full of themselves. So what I'm talking about are not people with narcissistic tendencies. I'm talking about those full-blown narcissists that use and more so abuse others for their own gain. So having said that, let's dive into COVID or vulnerable narcissism. It's probably common to imagine that all narcissists are dominant and a bit overwhelming in social situations. So it might be surprising that COVID narcissists are often introverted and they tend to be extremely sensitive to criticism and they always suffer from low self-esteem. They can be defensive and even passive-aggressive but they are less likely to, to overestimate their emotional abilities than grandiose narcissists. COVID narcissism is, well, you could probably say a more, a more secretive, introverted kind of narcissism. But don't be mistaken, it is just as selfish manipulative and harmful to relationships as overt narcissism. What you could actually say is that a COVID narcissist is more like an undercover narcissist. And that's probably why it is so much more difficult to spot them. And all the information I'm giving you here is from my own personal research and more so from a lot, and I really mean a lot of personal experience. And with that in mind, the signs of a COVID narcissist are quite different from a grandiose narcissist. But of course there is, well, as in most things in life, no black and white, and the lines between the two types can actually blur together. What may seem Unusual at first is that a COVID narcissist practices self-deprecation. And they very often self-deprecate and put themselves down or criticize themselves. And sometimes 
this is even done in a humorous or way or as a joke. A vulnerable narcissist, well, as with all narcissists, struggles with low self-esteem. Having this constant feeling of unworthiness and believing in their own inadequacy and struggles with self-praise. But there's a reason why the vulnerable narcissist self-deprecates, and that is simply to solicit praise and encouragement from others. And they do this in the hope that you will disagree and give them a compliment. And yes, of course they are fishing for compliments and praise. So in other words, the for the COVID narcissist, self-deprecation is just a way to manipulate others to give them what they so dearly crave. And even if they offer you a compliment, they only do this because they, they want to prompt you to give them one in return. And it's quite simple. For the COVID narcissist, selfishness and self-deceptions are motivators for most of their behaviours. But in contrast to um, the grandiose or overt narcissist, the COVID narcissist actually spends more time thinking about their own talents or their own accomplishments than talking about them. Because they do tend to live in their own heads and this world of their own making. And those talents and accomplishments of the vulnerable narcissist may be real, or just fantasy. But when they are real, the COVID narcissist wants others to talk about them and be praised. And if they are fantasies, well, they will most certainly insist that they will accomplish them. And their fantasies are often, very often, grandiose and larger than life dreams. And again, because vulnerable narcissists suffer from low esteem, they often tend to avoid realistic goals. Instead, what they do is to fantasize about amazing and even heroic endeavors, identifying with famous and accomplished people. COVID narcissists are, are also really, really good at holding grudges. And instead of speaking their mind and standing up for themselves, they rather hold a grudge when they feel wronged. They also often hold grudges against someone they perceive to have gotten something that they deserve. For example, if someone asks, is asked to be part of an event they believe is their territory or when someone gets a promotion that they feel that they deserve. And when a COVID narcissist holds a grudge, well, it can breed bitterness, anger, and even the desire for revenge. And they often will bide their time, waiting for a chance to get revenge. However, Simply because bold actions is not their habit, their revenge is often petty and, well, seemingly insignificant. A COVID narcissist uses passive aggression to manipulate others, seek revenge, and 
ultimately feel superior. Never forget, even though they have low self-esteem, in their fantasy world, in that world of their own making, they are superior to all others. So they will lash out at somebody they perceive feels superior to them or has accomplished something they did not, as they feel almost constant entitlement. And in order to satisfy their need for entitlement, the covert narcissist may use sarcasm or jokes couched in, the, in truth to make others feel inferior. And they will wait for just the right moment and strike. And yet, when you have the audacity to confront them, they will pass it off as a mere joke or a careless comment. And one of the things that make COVID narcissists so incredibly difficult to spot is that they can appear to have empathy. And you wouldn't normally think of a narcissist as showing empathy. But believe me, that's all it really is. It is the appearance of empathy. Do you remember how a covert narcissist will give you a compliment, but only because they want to be complimented in return? A covert narcissist will often even do extra work, be a good Samaritan, help the needy, or go the extra mile. And it's all for the show. And trust me when I tell you that they always want something in return, mainly acknowledgement and praise. And if they are refused acknowledgement or praise for appearing to show empathy, they will cease and desist immediately. They do not give because they genuinely care. They give to be praised. Moreover, if the COVID narcissist is not praised or acknowledged, they will become bitter or resentful. And the COVID narcissist always likes to, also likes to complain about how they are not appreciated and how others take advantage of them. So they love to play the martyr and solicit empathy and condolences from others. A vulnerable narcissist can be just as toxic for relationships as an overt narcissist. And to be honest, sometimes even more so. The COVID narcissist manipulates others and is nearly, is nearly incapable of a truly selfless act. When it comes to a COVID narcissist, every action and every word is a self-serving quid pro quo. And my, my personal experience with a COVID narcissist was in an on and off relationship that lasted almost a decade. You might think that I should have learned from the last experience and you could be right. Perhaps it was my learning to fall into the trap of another narcissist to finally learn my lesson. The tragedy is basically that the relationship with the COVID narcissist came right after the relationship with the Ovid narcissist. Well, admittedly, there was some time in between. 
And when I met this man, I was absolutely not ready for a relationship or even looking for one and had no interest whatsoever because I was still recovering from the last one. And I'm not the type to jump from one relationship to the next without, without taking the time to heal properly. And when we met, I knew he was married and I, well, to be honest, I didn't see him as a man, but as an interesting person. And you can judge me now for making the mistake of falling in love with the wrong man. I'm most certainly not proud of it. And I will also not justify myself. Believe me, I paid. But what started as a friendship turned into something more after about eight months. And we saw each other regularly and even traveled together. I think one of the reasons I even allowed this to happen in the first place was that I knew my children would be safe from him. I would never have to introduce him to them and he would have no influence on them whatsoever. And the conversations we had, well, they were wonderful. And I, I admit that it was just amazing to see that there's actually intelligent life out there. And when he moved to another country with his family, I was in despair. Well, but it turned out that we could still see each other almost every fortnight because he was still very active in Germany on business and we traveled together quite frequently. And this was probably one of the reasons why it took me so long to realize that he was a full-blown COVID narcissist. In the stolen hours or days, it was relatively easy for him to keep the mask on. And I was deeply in love. The push and pull started relatively early in the relationship, and I again made the mistake of revealing my greatest vulnerabilities. Well, you would have thought I had learned my lesson there, and these were used against me again. In retrospect, I've, he followed the classic pattern of a covert narcissist, which I will lead you through right now. The love bombing. So the love bombing is how it all starts. And, well, getting hit by this love bomb feels glorious. The lavish attention and affection. Well, it seems to make dreams come true. It feels like you have found Mr. or Miss Wright, your soulmate, and not realizing that you have been targeted by a narcissist. And when someone love bombs you, they often shower you with excessive or overwhelming levels of affection, attention, and even adoration. And they tend to mirror you knowing what you want and need. And that might not even sound like a negative thing. But the goal behind this, this love bombing isn't always so innocent. It can actually be a way of establishing control over another person. And it can even make you feel guilty or ungrateful if you're at odds with your partner. And you might go against your initial instincts, for example, because you feel you owe it to them to do what they want. And the love bombing is followed by the high. Because when a narcissist has reeled you in, you experience an unbelievable high, which is very addictive. 
And you don't even realize that you are being manipulated as COVID narcissists are really, really great at reading people and even better at manipulating them. Which comes to, brings us to the gaslighting. Because by the time they have you where they want you, the narcissist will argue any doubts or concerns you may have away and even make you feel like a fool, ungrateful or guilty for ever having questioned them. And you don't stand a chance arguing with a narcissist as they are convinced and feel entitled to the only truth, which is theirs. Then comes the discard. And this is one of the inevitables in the game of push and pull. Discarding means throwing something away that is not useful anymore. A narcissist will objectify people or their supply. It means they see people as objects that are needed to be discarded when they are of no use anymore. So for them, you're just an interchangeable object that can serve their needs. And they will groom you the way they want, use you, and will then discard you. And they can be unbelievably cruel at discarding someone, for example, by just going silent or ghosting them without any explanation. Simply because in their eyes, you don't deserve an explanation. And they see absolutely, absolutely no need to justify themselves. And after a discard, often the narcissist will block you on all channels, except one. Because keeping options is important. If you were a good supply, giving them what they needed, and there's no new or better supply at hand, they will eventually come back. And then comes the breadcrumbing. And the breadcrumbing is what they start with to test the waters. And this can be a message, sometimes just one word or even an emoji. It can be an interaction on any social media platform in form of a like or a comment. And if you don't react, they will up their game. But if you do react, they will immediately start the next phase, which is the hoovering. And hoovering is a manipulation strategy narcissists use to re-engage with their supply and to suck them back into this toxic relationship. And narcissists use this type of emotional abuse or emotional rape when they either sense that their supply, never forget that is all you ever are to a narcissist. So when their supply is seeking to pull out of the narcissistic and dysfunctional relationship, or simply to pull them back in after a discard. And then the whole vicious cycle begins all over again. You can start back at the love bombing and just go down step by step. And when you hear this, you might ask yourself how someone can actually let a narcissist do this over and over and over again. And you are right. Yet never underestimate a narcissist that has a goal. What is interesting is that the time between the discard and the breadcrumbing, hoovering or love bombing can vary greatly. It actually depends on whether the narcissist discards the supply or if the supply ends the relationship. 
If it is the narcissist that discards, it can take weeks, months, or even years before the narcissist goes for the next round, as they were in control. But if the narcissist is left by their victim, they cannot bear it and the total loss of control over this person. And this is my experience with the covert narcissist when I dictated the terms of the end of our relationship. Let's call it that. It was five or six years into our on and off relationship and he tried to discard me via messenger once again. And I was still deeply in love with this man. I believed him to be the love of my life at that time. I told him very clearly as all attempts to end what we have, yes, I still naively, naively believed there was actually something there as he swore he loved me, had failed miserably, that we should do it properly, pop, properly I'm sorry, and in person. So I suggested that we spend my birthday weekend together, talk, enjoy one another one more time, and part with some dignity and respect. I was actually quite surprised that he agreed, and on the first evening we went to dinner and he started crying uncontrollably. I was very much surprised as I had never seen him like this and, and believed that he was sad because our time was coming to its inevit inevitable end. We did spend a wonderful weekend and on Sunday morning we had breakfast and said our final goodbye. I drove off and in my rear window saw him standing there watching me drive away. I had made my peace. I was, of course, very sad, but it was an ending I could live with. Just a few days later, I received a long message via Twitter about how much he missed me and how terrible he felt without me. And I made, I made the huge mistake to reply. And I must admit my biggest regret in all the years. Another few days later, he sent me a love letter that any woman would kill for. As he's very eloquent and a true wordsmith, his love bombing worked immediately. And only a few weeks later, he discarded me again in a cruel manner. Today, I know that the tears he wept at that dinner were not because he was losing me, but because he had lost control over me. And I was foolish enough to give that control and power over me back to him. And everything that followed was punishment for taking the control away from him on that one weekend. It was unforgivable. I always knew that he had narcissistic tendencies, even strong ones. And I was so arrogant to believe that I could handle them as I had vast experience with narcissists. I couldn't, and I paid a very high price. There is one thing that is true for all narcissists, though. At some point, they overplay their hand and they show who they really are. A sad person, incapable of feeling or giving love. Next week will be, well, for at least for now, the last part of the series about narcissism. And I will tell you a bit about more about narcissistic personality disorder, the signs and how to avoid and deal with narcissists. And my song of the week, well, it's by one of my favorite artists, 
It's Beth Hart here with Joe Bonamassa with Your Heart is as Black as Night. And this song could have been written for this topic. Great lyrics, great voice, and a great guitar. So, of course, this song has been added to the Spotify playlist where you can find each and every song from every Change and Evolve letter ever published. It's just one click away, like it, share it, or just listen to some great music. And my poem of the week is by T.O.W. and it's called Liberation. What began as friendship became true love, not realizing it was one-sided only always hoping from a sign from above that never came and leaving you lonely. The constant push and pull took us toll. Having the wrong focus, wanting to believe, not knowing we were being played and a fool, that he was sincere, was just naive. Being used and thrown aside over and over again, reeled in with promises to never be kept ever, to come to realize that he is not a good man, followed by that one moment when you liberate yourself forever. And as an impression, I chose this lovely photo from Mr. Spock walking on the balcony on a full moon night. So thank you, as always, for your time listening to me. And if you know anyone that has been subjected to narcissistic abuse, please share this letter with them. And if you enjoyed this letter, leave a heart, leave a comment. I wish you an amazing weekend. And of course, as always, I look very much forward to hearing from you. Yours, Tanya. <laughs>